You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. Have you ever felt set back by your circumstance? Or maybe you felt benched in the game and you're like, I want to be out there. I want to be doing my thing, reaching my goal, living the life that I thought I was going to be living. Well, today's guest knows that feeling so well, and she identifies what it meant to go from what she thought was a setback to a comeback. Today's guest, Hope Darst, has an incredible story of how God told her not yet and waited for the perfect time for her to accomplish the things that she always dreamed to accomplish. The story is beautiful and has blessed me and I wanted to bring it to your ears because you might know exactly who Hope is. Hope is a songwriter and a worship leader for The Belonging Co. She's been traveling the world for over a decade, leading worship with Women of Faith, Every Nation Ministries, Christ for All Nations, and many more. She currently is in Nashville and just released an incredible new album called Peace Be Still. And it might sound familiar to you because you might have heard the single Peace Be Still on the radio, on Spotify, and it might be your favorite just like it's one of mine. There's an amazing story about how this song and this album even unfolded to become what it is today. And Hope takes us on that journey to give you some hope and maybe a situation you're facing today where you feel set back, a closed door, and you're getting frustrated because you want it to happen now. If that's something you're thinking, then today's episode is totally for you. I'm just so excited about this because I think that people totally recognize your voice, like when you sing. And now I'm like, hello, this is Hope's talking voice, everybody. (laughs) Which is funny because it's always higher than I think it is. Like in my mind, I have a really low speaking voice. And then I hear myself like recorded. I'm like, that is not low. Who is that person? (laughs) I have the opposite. I'm like, the podcast has totally humbled me. I'm like, do I really say that that way? Do I really say that that often? You know? I'm like, I'm so sick of me. Totally. Totally. I get that. (laughs) Well, I want you to give people kind of a basically overview of who you are, what you have going on. I mean, I feel like this season is kind of great for everyone, but I would love to hear what you've been up to because you've been up to quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. 2020 has turned into a year that I did not expect on so many levels. (laughs) Um, I'm, I, you know, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. My name's Hope Darst. Um, I've been married to my husband, David, for 15 years tomorrow. Tomorrow's our anniversary. Oh, congrats. I know. Very excited. We're going to slip away and go have dinner. And I'm so excited because I feel like dates in the middle of a pandemic just don't really happen anymore. So um, we're going to steal away. We have two daughters. Olivia is 11 and she's in the sixth grade. And Brooklyn is nine and she's in the fourth grade. And there are just our little miracle babies. We had a long story of infertility and didn't think that we were ever going to have kids. And honestly, we just had a, a miraculous healing and we ended up pregnant with our first daughter. And then very quickly after that, ended up pregnant with our second daughter. And so they are just such a gift to us. And we are just really blessed and love them. And, you know, they're normal kids. They like yeah. act up and dissipate and what, you know, just like miracle babies don't Fourth and like sixth act grade. like miracles yeah. all the time, you know, <laughs> but, um, we are really fortunate and we to, you know, just 
have that be the end of our story. That's not always everyone's story. And I have family members and loved ones and friends that that, that isn't how it all played out. And so we, we do recognize that and are, are very grateful. Um, but yeah, I, you know, 2020 has been a really crazy year because back, well, I guess last year in 2019, um, God really changed the direction of my life, kind of the, ter- you know, the trajectory that I was going on. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, some people have probably heard my story over the last couple of months. I've done some interviews, but I'm really relatively just unknown. No one who's I am knows who I am. I'm kind of the girl that like came out of nowhere. It is um, not true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I've had a long journey. I'm I'm turning 40 this year. So this is not like I'm entering into this season, you know, 20 and, and not, you know, have a lot of life to still live. I've actually lived quite a bit of life and the journey of my story is that from very early on, I thought I would be a singer and an artist. And by the time I was 19, I was not, I was saved, but I wasn't really living for the Lord. And I had a radical encounter with Jesus and I surrendered my whole life. And I was like, okay, from here on out, every decision I make is going to be to honor and serve you. Where prior to that, it just had kind of been like fire insurance, like the tradition <laughs> of making sure that you're saved, you've prayed the prayer of salvation, and then that's kind of where it ended. Yeah, and, it's like turn and burn. Not, yeah, it hadn't served me well because that's not the fullness of the gospel, and that's, that's not right. the fullness of what Jesus has come for. He's come to save us and set us free so that we can have abundant life. And I didn't really know what that looked like. And so at 19, radical encounter, surrender to Jesus. And so for the next six years, like my whole life was just kind of still pursuing music, but also learning how to really walk hand in hand with the Lord and being sensitive to when the Holy Spirit was leading me to make certain decisions, being, being willing to, to obey that and actually follow that. And by the time I was 25, I was just newly married, like literally like two months married and thought I would, you know, I had been traveling the world as a background singer and a studio singer and a road manager for different artists. And I thought, this is the time I'm going to come off the road. I'm newly married. My husband has a stable job <laughs> and I'm going to pursue this career in music. And God very quickly said, Hope, I, that's not my plan for you. Like, I, I want you to bury that dream in the back wow. of the yard of your heart. And I don't, I don't want you to pick that back up. And I remember just being devastated. like what? I'm 25. I don't have a backup plan, Lord. Like we've not discussed any other road for me to take in my (laughs) whole life. Like, what are you talking about? And it was such a conflicting feeling because I really felt like God had called me to do music with my life. And that's what I was supposed to do. And why I was here is to tell, you know, the world about Jesus through songs, but it just, God didn't have that path. And, and yet while I knew that was true, I could really sense that God was asking me to lay this down. And because of the journey I've been on, I knew I had to obey that voice, even though it meant the death of a dream and grieving that dream for a season. But what ended up coming out of that was in the surrender and, you know, going and getting like, you know, this job at a little bridal store and just selling dresses and just daily praying with my husband, like, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go back to school? Do you want me to, I was just so open at that point. Um, I ended up through a long series of events. God called me into full-time ministry and I went on staff at my home church here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, as a worship leader and serving the worship department, pastoring people and, you know, doing everything from running, you know, uh, planning center online to setting up schedules to, you know, leading <laughs> worship, you know, retreat, just all of the things that come with being a pastoral life and ministry. And I loved it. And I thought that is all I'm going to do for the rest of my life. There was no other. I was like, okay, I see it. I get it. God, like being an artist wasn't the plan, but this was, and fast forward 
10 years, I'm got two children. My I'm on staff at a church. I'm now traveling on the weekends leading worship and I'm struggling with postpartum depression. My parents are going through a really painful, unexpected divorce. And I am just running on fumes, to be honest with you. Like it was a really hard season. And I found myself like really struggling with my faith because I was going, I am on paper, God, everything that you tell me to be. I'm faithful. I'm yeah. serving. I'm doing every Bible study that, that I can. I'm going to every, you know, freedom weekend that my church, you know, ask. I'm tithing. I'm, I'm doing all the things that is meant in my mind to bring you freedom and an abundant life, like I mentioned before. But I was really struggling. I was struggling with some anxiety. I was struggling with some depression. I was struggling with postpartum depression as well. I was I was struggling with just fear and anger, honestly, in that season. And for the second time in my life, I had a radical encounter with the Lord. And he, I remember just so clearly him just saying, Hope, you are saved and you left me, but you are not free. And if you'll let me, I'm going to take you on a journey of freedom. And I ended up coming off staff. I ended at the church. I ended up stopped traveling and I went, became a stay-at-home mom with my girls. And I spent the next seven years really just dedicating my life to becoming whole and free with Jesus at no, at whatever cost. It didn't matter to me what it was going to cost me. And quite honestly, it cost me a lot. It cost me titles that I loved. It cost yeah. me income. It cost me time. It cost me humility. It cost me relationships. I mean, there was so much that it cost me that I knew that the price to pay was great because I didn't want to keep living my life limping and struggling because I felt like that's not this Jesus that I'm preaching. That's not this Jesus that you're telling me about. And I, right. yeah. I wanted to experience it firsthand. And I ended up in a little basement here in Nashville with some people who were passionate about just making space for the presence of God to come in and heal the brokenhearted and heal the weary and heal the tired and heal the fractured. And it was nothing more than they would just say, we're just going to get in the presence of God and we're just going to let Jesus do what he does best, which is encounter us and heal us and set us free. And that became a very long journey for me um, of healing. And out of that season, birthed a whole new season of leading worship, birthed a whole new season of songwriting. And long, long story, which we can dig into more, but that has kind of led me where I am today. The last couple of years was just being a stay-at-home mom, leading at my church, starting to figure out what songwriting looked like, which was an unexpected path for me. And just when I thought, okay, God, I'm going to pursue maybe getting a publishing deal for songwriting because I was just writing songs all the time. God just flung open doors that he had closed twice before in my life. And suddenly people were coming and saying, hey, if you ever wanted to make a record with some of these songs, we would get behind you. And people just came out of the woodwork, to be honest with you. And it was unbelievable because it didn't make sense. The time of life that I'm in, the stage of life that I'm in, the age that I'm in, the fact that God had said twice before. And so, you know, I, I struggled and I fought it for a while because I wasn't sure that it was really God, but <laughs> just kept making it so clear. My husband said, you tried to light this thing on fire a thousand different ways. And God just kept putting out the fire. And he was like, awesome. when are you going to just pay attention to God's asking you? Like, even though he said no twice before in this season, he's saying yes. Yeah. It, it was wasn't a no, never. It was a no, not now. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, my husband had such wisdom because he just said, just because God said no twice, 
the same obedience that it took for you to walk away from something is going to be the same obedience that it takes for you to step into something now. And so at the top of 2020, I signed a record deal and we released Peace Be Still, which was a song that had already had a life and I never anticipated carrying it myself and releasing it the way that we have and seeing it have a whole nother, honestly, level of impact on people. And then last week I released my first full length record. Um, I know, which is just a dream come true and just the kindness of God, because truly like I was fully surrendered. Like this wasn't something that I was like just waiting for God to still do. Like I really had laid that thing down and was not anticipating that. Um, and so it's just been a really full season of all of that. Plus on top of it, a pandemic and like every other mom in the world, like where you already wore the title of, you know, driver, cook, cleaner, (laughs) nurse, comforter, counselor. We, and then if you're a working mom, you have that title. And then we all added teacher. So, you know, I'm, I'm in the throes just like every other mom right now trying to figure out how do you balance a normal or how do you balance a new normal that no one anticipated and with a rhythm that changes daily. Um, and you know, some days I navigate it well and Sometimes yeah. I don't, but girl, me too. And I'm not even a mama yet. And I'm like, some days I'm just feel like I'm running in circles and just like yeah. laughing my head off. I can't believe I'm here. And then yeah. the days I'm like, I am doing great. <laughs> and then yeah, there's exactly. like zero in betweens. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it can be in hours, in hours of difference. Like I wake up and I'm like, this day is going to be amazing. I'm going to just be the boss of this day. And then by like two o'clock, I'm like, this day is falling apart. <laughs> like I need a nap. We need to redo. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. I love so, it. Yeah, that's been kind of my journey in my year, kind of like speeding you up on the whole process. I love the whole overview is so beautiful. And what I love to hear is that God continues to reveal things to us. So it's not like we meet Jesus and then he reveals this new life and freedom that we have. Like there's, there's continual processes of us saying yes. And now what? Okay. Yes. Yes. And now what? And that's totally you. Yeah. It's, I mean, the thing about it is that when Jesus says, he actually wants a relationship with us, that he wants like actually all of us, the whole part, our mind, our body, our soul, our thoughts, our feelings, our passions, our desires. It's because he wants real relationship with us. He wants real intimacy with us. He he actually wants to do life hand in hand together. And I think the more you walk out this life with Jesus and you're willing to actually do real intimacy with him. I think what you start to discover is that just like any relationship, it's going to have all of these different twists and turns and mountains and valleys and different seasons. But what ends up happening is that through that intimacy, there is such a deep, deep trust that God's goodness surrounds every single one of those seasons and that his heart towards you is good, even if it means some of those seasons he is going to have to walk you through a valley or he's going to have to walk you through loss or even walk you through seasons of healing that are really painful and difficult. You know, we, we want, we tend to think, you know, if I'm really doing relationship with Jesus well, then everything will feel well, but that's not the truth. It just means that in every moment, my heart is so tethered to him that there is such a deep trust and such a deep um, sense of, I know you go before me. I know you go behind me. I know you are here with me and everything I need is dependent on this relationship being 
the, at the forefront of my mind and at the forefront of my situation. And so that's really been the journey of my life. It hasn't, you know, you know, it's funny. Someone said the other day, they were like, it sounds like you just have like had this, you know, beautiful, perfect, like kind of scenario. And I was like, no, I haven't. (laughs) I've gone through so much loss and setback and heartache and disappointment. And I had to choose in every single one of those seasons. And sometimes I chose quickly and sometimes I chose slowly, but to plant my feet in the ground and just say, I'm confident I will see the goodness of the Lord here in this moment, in this situation. And I have to be willing to look for it. I have to be willing to actually let my eyes look up and go, God, where's your goodness? Show me. And sometimes that goodness didn't feel good. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like sometimes like- it's him having to take something away to put yeah. something else in its place to show you his goodness. But the taking away hurts so bad. Oh my gosh. In the yeah. moment it's, it can, you know, I think that sometimes what disappointment does is it, it actually reveals the depth of woundedness and distrust that's really there. You know, when something falls apart and you didn't expect to be, you know, your breath to be taken away, you know, like say you're in a job and you're expecting a promotion and that promotion goes to someone else. And the level of disappointment that you feel almost just feels suffocating, right? Like it just feels overwhelming or that person that you thought you were going to marry or did marry suddenly just walks away or, you know, there's just all these different things. And in those moments, I think disappointment and sorrow and grief and loss, it can reveal to us, honestly, the depths of what do we really believe about God and his heart towards us. And sometimes God wants us to see that maybe what we thought we believed about him isn't as solid as we thought it was, or isn't as deeply rooted as we thought it was. And he wants not to rip our lives apart or to bring destruction or disappointment. But in those moments, he goes, if you'll let me, I can reveal to you some fractures that I actually want to heal and I want to mend so that when we move forward and and life hits you, because Jesus says in this life, we will have trouble. We will actually experience things that are difficult and painful and hard. And he's going, but I want you to take heart that I've overcome that. And and I love when it says overcome, it means like I've gone before it. I've actually covered it. I've actually gone and made it well through my death and resurrection. And if you'll allow me, I will mend your heart to a degree that even in the most tragic or difficult of moments, you will still be anchored in the hope and the truth of who I am and who I am towards you. That's good. Yeah. And it's, yes, the revealing of new things, new direction, new revelation. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is 2020 being like, okay, this is a, this is a moment to reevaluate. And it re- that's oh what it God. causes us to do when he, I mean, when anything happens, when an earthquake happens, you yep. are revealed how good of a foundation your 1950s exactly home right. is. Do you know what I mean? Scripture says, when the storm comes, you yep. very quickly, for the man who built his house on the rock, the storm comes. And the storm does not destroy him. But for the man who built his house on sinking sand, when the storm comes, he is destroyed. And I don't think that scripture is, Jesus never, ever comes with a spirit of shame. He never comes with a spirit of condemnation, but he does come with the spirit of truth to actually reveal to us, hey, you are building your life on something that when 
you get hit by a storm, it is going to crash you. It's going to crush you and destroy you. Or you can come and build your life on me and my word. And what that practically means in your daily life is having to dig wells in the word of God so that when you are dry and empty or you are facing a storm, you actually have living water to draw from and to remind yourself in that season, no, this is just a moment. This is just a storm right now, but this storm isn't my whole life. This storm isn't going to be every single day. It's just one yeah. moment in time. And just like in Mark four thirty-five through 42, Jesus is in the boat with you. And he's not only calming the storm on your behalf, but he's also going to say, you too can calm the storm. You too can speak to the storm if you know who I am and the authority that I have and the authority that I've given to you. That's so good. I love how you even said, like, he's not condemning you and he's not here to bring you guilt and shame, but he is here to help you compare your life to truth in a healthy way so that you can identify things that might need some shifting and might need some redirecting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's like the best consultant that just loves us the most. I've heard someone say this before, like, you know, if you were walking down the street and someone's house was on fire, would you think, Uh, it's not my house and keep walking. No, absolutely not. Like you would love the person enough, whether they were a stranger or your best friend to like, make sure they're awake. Get like, you know, call 911, like do what it takes to be like, your house is on fire. Right. And that is, that is how God advocates for us. You know, in the new Testament, Jesus, when he's, he's died, he's resurrected, he's talking to the disciples and he's, you know, there and he's telling them, listen, I'm going to have to go, but I am going to leave one with you that is actually greater than me. And I am blown away by this scripture because this is Jesus talking. Jesus, who has literally just died, taken on the weight of sin of the entire world that existed and was yet to come for every generation and has gone to to hell, has destroyed the gates of hell, taken back the key and has risen again. This, This is what this man has just done for us, the savior. And he still says there's one greater coming. And he's referring to the Holy Spirit because Jesus was, while he was God, he was in the, he was in the Godhead and his particular part and role was to be in flesh, right? To to actually take on body. And so he wasn't going to be able to stay with us. He wasn't going to be able to dwell with us simultaneously at all times. And he knew that by leaving the Holy Spirit, there was going to become one who was going to be the great counselor for all man at all times who carried the weight of the Godhead in each of us individually. I love that people have said that the Old Testament is the external um, working of our salvation, but the New Testament is the internal working of our salvation. And what the Holy Spirit does is he comes and he does relationship with us where he speaks to the internal condition of our lives, to the internal condition of our minds and our hearts and our soul, not just the external sin, right? Because Jesus has paid the price for sin. And there are still days that we get trapped in sin, right? Even as believers, but we have access to repent and ask for forgiveness and those things be thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. But the working out of our internal salvation and our soul, the sanctification, that is much more depth of a process and a much more long journey. And there's this one title about the Holy Spirit that changed my life. It said, going back to what you're talking about the truth is that, you know, it says he's the great counselor. He's the great encourager, but it also says he is a truth teller. 
And I love that because what better does like a counselor or a therapist do? They sit with you and expose truth so that you can see the situation for what it really is and then know how to move forward in a healthier, more whole way. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit is here to do with us. And so I just encourage, you know, people, especially moms, I always say there's no blueprint on how to raise your family or to find the rhythm of your family other than having daily conversations with the Holy Spirit. He is the greatest navigator of your life and your marriage and your children and your parenting. And and it will look different for you than it looks for me. And if you're not taking the time to spend time with him and get in tune with his voice, you'll miss the things that he's speaking to you that are so specific to your life and your situation. Um, And that will help bring the truth that you need to navigate your world at the healthiest way in in tandem with, with the Lord. That's right. So one of my favorite things about sitting behind this microphone (laughs) is I get to think through my friends listening and think Mm. through their minds. And as they're processing what we're saying, it might be the first time they're hearing it. And so I want to go back to something you said, um, more so like a principle, but you're talking about how you knew, you know, God was calling you elsewhere or God closed a door, um, or he opened the door again. And for someone who is, wanting their kind of relationship where they get that clarity. Mm. Um, what did it take and how do you practically hear God's voice in a way that you're confident and assured like this is for me and this is not for me? Yeah, that's a actually that's a great question because to be honest with you, there was a lot of years where I feel like I kind of lost the ability to hear the voice of God. Um, I knew right from wrong, right? Like I knew what was right, I knew what was wrong from a moral you know, biblical kingdom standpoint, but to know, like, how do I make a decision about, do I take this job or not? Do I walk away from this job? Do I marry this person? Do I call this person and, and say something to them that I feel like I'm supposed to say, you know, I mean, it got down even into the smallest of details. And for a really long time, I struggled to hear the voice of God. And in that kind of season, when I was saying that second year, that second time that I had a really deep encounter with God, that was one of the things that I was crying out for. I was going, God, I don't even know how to hear your voice anymore. I feel like I struggle with just confusion of knowing, is it you? Is it not you? And the thing is like, in my mind, I was just trying to tackle that to some degree. Like, I just want to have clarity of when it's you and when it's not. But what ended up happening is that God had to take me on a really deep journey within my heart of having to go back to some of the basics of what I actually believed about God, you know, and I had to really kind of unpack the fact that I had a little bit of a legalistic kind of mindset towards God that like, if I did, did, if I did everything right, then I would have open access to him. And if I did anything wrong, that would like kind of shut the door. And the truth is like, he's torn the veil. We have access into his presence at all times now. And so what I had to do is I had to honestly repent. I had to go back and repent and say, God, I'm so sorry that I've treated you not as someone who I'm doing relationship with and that I'm talking to daily, like honestly talking to, but as someone that I'm just trying to check all the boxes and make sure that I'm just a good girl so that then I'll get good things. Mm, And it was such a, I mean, it was a very lengthy process. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like it happened overnight, but I will say the more I just 
honestly, Rachel, just stole away, like in my car, in my shower, when I had five minutes. And I would just say, Jesus, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I I want to learn your voice. I repent for not knowing your voice. I repent for not being still long enough to allow you to speak. Um, it was it was a real like, kind of having to start from scratch. And what then ended up happening is as things would shift and things would, you know, maybe a thought would come to my mind or, you know, even in this past season, I, I could sense the some doors were opening. What happened was there was a long process of building, honestly, just consistency with being with Jesus and allowing him space to speak to my life. I'd get mm-hmm. a journal out. I would write down the things that I would feel like God was saying to me. And then I would sit with it for a couple of days. I would pray on it. I eventually would take it to my husband sometimes and go, how does this strike you? Like, do you feel like that feels like the Lord or do you just feel like That's that good. Yeah. feels like something that I'm just kind of maybe need to process a little bit more? Or if you're not married, you know, taking it to a pastor, taking it to a mentor, taking it, but to someone who you know, like is committed to telling you the truth, whether you like it or not, not yes. someone who's just going <laughs> to say, yeah, that sounds great. And then right. honestly, like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with testing it. Like, and asking God, God, will you confirm that? Will you confirm that through your word? Will you confirm that through friends? Will you confirm that through pastoral leadership? You know, and sometimes God would confirm it because I'd show up on Sunday and literally my pastor would preach a message that is literally saying exactly what God had said to me the day before or the week before. And it was, Mm -hmm. you know, in, and, and I will say there was always a, a deep, deep sense. And there still is this deep, deep sense of when I know it's God, I just can't shake it. I just can't shake that there's something deep in my soul that's going, this is God. And it's terrifying sometimes, you know, when I had to walk away from my job and um, the church that I loved and traveling and leading worship and I loved it. It was not a, I'm walking away from this because I don't like it. Like I loved it, but there was a deep, deep sense in my heart that if I kept doing what I was doing, it was going to rob me of the season that I actually needed to just focus on being healthy and whole with Jesus. And it didn't make knowing what was right easy. It didn't make it feel great, but I was more concerned with following the leading of the Holy Spirit and what God was saying than not. You know, it, it, it tipped over to where it was almost like, I don't do this. I sense I'm going to be outside of the will of God. And that is when you kind of start to recognize you're really hearing his voice. It moves from confusion and uncertainty to a place of going, I actually feel like I'm going to be disobedient if I don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also encourage people to pray for the alignment. Yeah. Like, Lord, like I, I want to, I mean, he doesn't, you want one, God is a God of good gifts. Like he wants to give you the things that would empower you or give you the authority that you already have, mm-hmm. whatever tools that is in your tool belt, you feel like you need to, you know, have sharpened or yeah. even have more access to. He's like, girl, I got you. Yeah. So when you're like, Lord, I like, I want to hear your voice. I want to be aligned. I want yeah. to know, like, I want to have the spiritual discernment to know if this is for me or not for me. Well, and I think there's two things, even I love what you just said about alignment. Cause that reminded me, there's been several times in my life where I've actually prayed a very specific prayer with the Lord that has said, God, I don't know what you're doing in this season. And I'm not actually sure of all the details, but if you will 
allow me to understand one part of this season so that I can align with it. Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean that God has actually given me the whole picture. It almost sometimes it's just been little step by step, you know, like the, the scripture that says you are a light unto my feet and a, you know, or a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Like sometimes God gives you the massive picture all at once. And then other times it is literally just step, step by step. By step. Yep. Just, mm-hmm. And and I want to encourage people. My husband really, really changed this particular area for me a couple of years ago. In 2016, we bought a house in Nashville. It was the first time we bought a house together and it was going to be a remodel and we knew it was going to be a big project and, or sorry, we bought it in 2014 and we get in, we leave in the house for a little bit and then we move out to start the remodel. And without going into a lot of details, it turned into a nightmare situation, like a nightmare (laughs) on levels that I cannot describe. Um, legal issues, getting robbed multiple times. It just, it was like an onslaught of just like it felt like we had unearthed an enemy's attack against us. No, on no, no. <laughs> and I remember saying one night to my husband, I was like, I think we got this wrong. Like I, I'm, I'm actually doubting whether or not I heard God's voice. Like, I, I don't know that we were supposed to do this. And he looked at me and he said, do you think that we weren't supposed to do it because you genuinely believe that or because it's become difficult and in wow. your mind, if it's difficult, it's not God. And I was like, uh, maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> I, and then what he said next, this is the part that changed my life. He said, well, he goes, let's just say we did get it wrong. Let's just say we totally missed God on this and we are out of his will on this house. He goes, this is what we do. We repent. We say, God, if we missed this, if this wasn't you, then we are sorry and we repent and we ask for your forgiveness. And we ask that in your grace and your mercy, you will make right what we've gotten wrong and you'll fulfill your promise that you work all good things together for our good. He said, hope God is not a God that even when we get it wrong, that he is not always working to make it right. And I think that that's a really important thing for people to understand about God, that he's not sitting in heaven going, if you get it wrong, well, then I'm sorry, the story's over for you. And it's just punishment and consequence from here on out. Right. No, he's gracious. I mean, my kids get things wrong all the time and I don't then penance them for the rest of their existence. I I help them auto-correct that decision. And I go, well, then how can we make good of where we are? How can we turn this thing around so that you experience goodness, even in your mistake? And the father's heart is the same towards us. So for anyone right now that... You're wondering if it's God's voice to, you know, all the things that we said, get counsel, write it down, pray about it, ask for, con- you know, confirmation, ask for alignment, repent. If maybe your thinking has, you know, allowed you to not trust the voice of God or to doubt the voice of God, or just not even seek out that kind of intimacy and then step out in faith. Honestly, God is so kind. If you're not in his will and your heart's desire is to be in his will, he will redirect your steps. And even if you get it wrong, it just takes a simple, I'm sorry, God. And again, he'll still redirect your steps to make it good for you and for his glory to be seen in the situation. I love it. So one of my favorite parts of the actual song, Peace Be Still, (laughs) is (laughs) like, I got to bring it up because I love it so much. Um, 
is exactly what you're saying. It's the, it's the repeatedness of our hearts to be like, okay, let faith rise up. Oh, heart yeah. believe, let faith rise up in me. And you keep yeah. saying, and like it, that, that, what do you call it? Bridge? Help. Yes. Like, bridge. Okay. Yes. Very songwriter. Thank you. Are you, and, a you <laughs> and you just keep repeating this bridge over and over wow. and over in your life, in this song and yeah. whatever it is that you that you want, that you need, that, um, even if it's repentance, like, Lord, I am so sorry. Like, I am so sorry, but would you replace what I've done with something better? Like, would you help me clean up this mess? Like heart, would you just believe what God has done for me? And just repeating it. And one, there's power in repetition, hundred percent. There's also power in our words, but then it's, I mean, I mean, there's, it won't return void. It can't. Like he's he's not gonna dangle something in front of your face and tell you it's available to you and then just take it back. You know? That's not who he is. He's not a God who plays games with our hearts. No. That no is games. not his nature. That is not his character. He is a God who is faithful to his word. He is more faithful than any person you will ever experience in this lifetime. But I think we tend to want to view faithfulness through it all feels good and it all looks good. But God's faithfulness, it's so much bigger than that because he's looking at the end. He's, he sees our whole life, right? We only see in part and he knows what is best for us in every season so that the whole story is good. We do experience loss and, and death and grief and, and trial and tribulation in this life. It, it, God didn't, you know, just zap everything and make us robots so that we would just experience, you know, perfection. He, he created a world where there was the ability for us to choose, to choose to be in relationship with him, to choose to love him, to choose to allow him to be the Lord of our lives and the Lord of our journey. And, you know, when we wrote the song, Peace Be Still, I was really struggling with anxiety and fear and insecurity in that season. And what we did in that moment was we took the truth of what we know happens in the presence of God through the power of worship and the power of confession. You said it so well, Rachel, like I I say to people all the time, as as a worship leader and a songwriter, I am passionate about taking that one little scripture that says in the power, in the tongue is the power of life and death. Yeah. I'm committed to writing songs for my own life that speak the life over my mind and my heart, even when I'm not feeling it, because there's something about seeing it when I don't feel it, that can shift the atmosphere of my internal self to come into alignment with the promises of God. I felt fear that day, but I knew God's promise was peace. I felt, you know, anxiety, but I knew God's, God's promise is you know, a sound mind. My friend that I wrote it with, she was feeling disappointment, but she knew the promises of God were that he keeps his word. And so we chose right then and there to grab some promises and go, we're going to sing these until we move from disappointment and fear Mm -hmm. to trust and faith. And that is the power of God's word, whether you're reading it, whether you're singing it, whether you're praying it, you're right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't return void. It carries the living power of Jesus. And I just am so passionate. This whole record was me taking the seasons of the last seven years and the things that I had to confess in those seasons Mm -hmm. to move from places of feeling like promises were broken and then watching 
myself have to go, no, that's not who God is and sing that and confess that or feeling like I've lost hope in certain seasons and choosing to just grab hold of Jesus for dear life until hope was re, you know, refueled in my heart and so on and so on. And, you know, I, I hope that this whole album, you know, I didn't want to offer people songs, songs in and of itself just don't change lives. But songs that have the power and the presence of Jesus on them actually take people into a place where they stop thinking about me. They stop thinking about whether I sang the song well or I wrote beautiful lyrics. Hopefully it takes them into a moment where their heart and their mind can enter into the presence of God and feel safe enough to allow him to come in and minister to them and have them experience healing and freedom that I've experienced through worship and through time with Jesus. And so that's my hope for this record, honestly, that I wrote is that it's everything that we're talking about today. It was me putting that in song, the things that I've had to learn, the things that I've had to confront, the truths that God has had to expose and heal in my own life and in my own journey. And and I hope it helps. Oh, I know it will. Oh, it's been so powerful to me. And I love it so much. Thank you. Of course. Um, I have a few rapid fire questions. Okay, go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, specifically about the album because okay. I am just so intrigued. Okay, one, <laughs> I feel like this is kind of asking like, who's your favorite child, but do you have a favorite song on the yeah, album? I do. I do. Um, it? It's Start Over. It's the very last song on the record. I, I mean, I love it. A whole record, but start over was really, really special to me. Um, it was the last song we wrote for the record and we wrote it at the end of last year and in full transparency at the end of 2019, kind of when I knew that 2020, my whole life was going to change and I was signing this record deal and, and everything was like, I kind of had like this wave of anxiety, like hit my life again, that just felt like it came out of nowhere and like took my breath away. And I was not prepared for it because honestly, Jesus has done so much in this area and I've had so much freedom and victory here. Ooh, and- it was the opposition. The enemy was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I pulled all his last stops. Yeah, but it just, it, it took my breath away. And honestly, because I was so unprepared for it, I didn't navigate it very well. Like I, I actually really struggled and it took its toll on my husband and our family. And with that came some shame and just some sense of like, God, we've come so far. How am I here again? Like, yeah, I am. I feel shame that I'm here again. I feel shame that I'm not navigating this better, that I'm not like able to just snap out of this overnight. And you know, through a series of events, you know, we, we pulled in some pastors and I pulled in some counseling and therapy to really have to address like what's really going on. And at the root of it was, a was funny enough that stepping into my future really meant that I had to deal with some things in my past in order to move into this new season, really whole and not limping into it. You know, my pastor said something really brilliant in that season. He said, hope what you don't deal with from your past and private, it eventually becomes public in your future. And I knew I had to go back and wrestle some things down that there were just some lies and some different things that I had believed over a really long period of time. But when I went into right with Mia Fields and Ben Canton for this record, 
this this particular day, I was just sharing this whole journey with Mia and Ben. They're dear, dear friends of mine and we do life together. And so they kind of knew the journey. And I was just saying, guys, this has just been so hard. Like I'm just struggling and I have too much history with God now that I know, like, I know he's doing something good here and I know he's healing things that I didn't even know needed healing. But boy, do I wish I could just go back and start over. And they were and like, oh. <laughs> we can trust him with the pain and the vulnerability and the healing seasons that often feel like you're moving backwards that are ultimately meant to move you forward healthier than you ever were to begin with. And so it's just deeply personal. It's deeply, deeply personal, that song. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm glad it's on the record. See, this is the, the fun part about having artists on the show, especially ones that you're like, okay, now I can actually go and listen to your like beautiful yeah, work. It's like differently. Totally. You're like, okay, this is why yeah. she wrote it. It means something completely different than maybe what I would have taken away from it, which is so fun. Okay. Another one last yeah. rapid fire question. Okay. I think this is such a fun question for musicians and songwriters. Love what it. kind of music do you listen to? Like who is your all time fave and you can oh. just listen to them all the time? Oh my gosh, that's really hard because the list is so long. Oh my goodness. I mean, I really listen to ever like a large like variety of music. Yeah. Okay. I listen to tons of worship. Like I I love Bethel and I love Hillsong and I love Jonathan and Melissa Helsler and Stephanie Kretzinger and Amanda Cook and um really love what's coming out of Maverick City. I just think what yes. they are doing right now oh is gosh. so powerful and so needed for this moment in our country where there is true reconciliation and happening within that, that genre. But I mean, I love, I also love music that's, that's not necessarily faith-based. You know, I, I grew up in an era where like, I listened to the big voices, you know, like the Celine Dion's and, yes. you know, like, first, I mean, I'm an eighties baby. So that's, you know, I grew up on them, but you know, I, I think I, my parents were really great about making sure that like, I was really rooted in things that were faith-based, but they also very young noticed that I had a gift in the area of music and they wanted to expose me to so much more than that so that I could really kind of bring a well-rounded ear into, into, into what I do. And so, you know, I also love listening to like I don't know, Coldplay and um, yes. just different, you know, Adele, like I love Adele's records. I got to see her last year and she was amazing in person. And, you know, so, you know, I just, it's kind of all over the map. I love country. I have lots of friends that are in country music. I love Chris Tomlin's new record. Thank you, Lord. Like I have several friends that are actually on that record that sang with him. So yeah, it's just a, a wide range. That's so fun. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel better. If you're like, okay, I have this one, I've been like, Wow. No. Also, Carrie Job, Cody Carnes. Carrie oh, and Cody, they are dear friends of mine. And I literally, when that song came out, I immediately called Carrie and I said, I like, I think she'd like just posted a clip. It was before the song had actually come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like coming soon. And I literally called her and I said, What is this? I am literally on my floor by the 30 seconds that she just posted. It is dripping in the presence of God. And I can barely breathe listening to it. And I said, I don't know what's going on, but God is getting ready to unleash something in you that is so profound. And I actually, she just, and she's been working on a new record. I'm very excited. Yes. I got to see them at Passion. Yes. um, The conference. They're so special. So special. And there's like this moment where they opened Mercedes Benz Stadium, like the top. Oh, and I when they were singing, Let oh, the light in, let yes. the light in, and open up the heaven. Oh, 
girl. Let's I, let's also talk about. So my brother, he works like some production for Passion, and so he told us later he was like, "That was actually the wrong time to it open. It wasn't supposed to happen. It, it wasn't supposed what, to happen." Yes, and and Carrie and Cody shared uh, with us later that like they had prayed for God to just do something profound in that set. Like that was their so cool. desire. And the fact that that happened, it wasn't planned. It wasn't supposed to be. It's hard know. to explain for people listening. Like I, I guess just like physics happen, like science happened. And like yes. when the Mercedes Benz opened because it was January, it was cold and it was so hot inside passion. And when it opened, the wind came in yes. and like was stirring things up. Like people's hair was going crazy, but people were still worshiping. It was but they were Yes. But the lyrics they were actually singing were open up the heavens and let yes. the light in. Yes. Like the profoundness of that. And it was just such, they said it was just such an incredible moment. It wasn't just like a cool moment. Like it felt holy. It felt like God just literally heaven. broke the heavens open over them and you know, they're just really special. I I'm so grateful to call them friends and to get to do life together with them. But honestly, the, the anointing that they carry is not just because they're talented. It's, it's honestly because of the way that they live their lives in private and the way that they love Jesus. Well, Hey Carrie, we love you. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> Friday, Carrie. <laughs> Okay, so I, I kind of lied. One more fun question that we okay. ask everyone that comes on the show. This is just a super fun one. Okay. What's something that you're loving these days? Okay, I, I, I'll give you like my top three. Um, I'm loving, I'm like sitting here looking at it right now. I like got this like random lip gloss thing the other day that I've oh, never heard of. It's called Buxom. And oh, is it the lip plumping stuff? Yeah, it's like barely a little plumping. But the really cool thing is that it turns the color of your natural lip. So like, no matter who you give it to, it's like just a different color. And you're like, that's so cool. Like, it's just so nice. Like when you don't really want to wear any lipstick, but you know, it's there. Um, and then I think what's, what's the other thing I'm loving? I'm loving this Bible study or this like devotional that I got from, um, Paul David Tripp, uh, and why did I just blank? And I can't think of the name of it. New Um, morning mercies. Yes. New morning mercies. Thank you. So good. So I love that one too. It's beautiful. I've like been giving it to everyone I know and just reading it. And it just feels like just, I don't know, just really special. And yes. And then, um, okay. And then my quarantine like thing that I've just could not live without is a cookbook called The Defined Dish. Girl, you are speaking all my languages. We just made her enchiladas. Oh, girl, her enchiladas are nice. Okay. So good. Offer me to make her loaded nachos. I I don't know if they're in the book, but they're definitely on her website. Um, I pretty much, I've never fangirled anyone, but I fangirl Alex Snodgrass. Like she came to Nashville and did a book signing. And I'm pretty sure I was the first person that signed up. And I was also the first person in line to get an autograph. Oh, no way. It's so (laughs) fun. Friends were like, girl, you're like borderline stalker. Like get your life together. And it's like, who are you? (laughs) I really love her food. And I just love like her just approach. And like, if you don't follow her sister is named Mada, like M-D-A. Lee, L-E-I-G-H. And for all you like moms that have little ones, like she really is like going through like her whole like journey of having two small daughters and talks about it and does food and health. And she's actually a believer and she's really awesome. So I'm kind of obsessed with those. That is so fun. Oh my gosh. I I think we were supposed to be friends. I think we were so many of my favorite things. (laughs) 
I like, could not have made it through this pandemic without her cookbook. We just basically would open it up every night, just cook every recipe and not a single oh, one. Wow. Is in, so I love it. Oh my goodness. I have to get her book. I've just been looking at her blog. So her book is next oh, on the list. No, God. You will not okay. regret it. I promise. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, I want to know where people can find you online. If they're like, oh, I've got to start listening. I'm ready to queue up the album or yes. just want to start following well, you. Where can they find your things? Yeah. I mean, you can get the album anywhere. I mean, literally anywhere that you can hear music, it's there. Um, and then I have a website, hopedars.com. And you can find, like, I have a five-day Peace Be Still devotional there. You can also find the music there. Very soon, we're going to have a merch store up. And I've been some very cool little pieces for you guys. Um, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, just Hope Darst, um, D-A-R-S-T. Sometimes people don't know how to spell it. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of in the normal, I guess, places of this life now. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, welcome. And if you're in Nashville, you can always come to the church that my husband and I are part of called The Belonging Company and be a part of the worship there. I lead there a lot or even check out their albums because I sing a couple songs on those records as well. So yeah. Kind Amazing. Of Amazing. But, yeah. And the new album is called Peace Be Still. So it's the single, it's the song that's on radio, but it's also the, the title of the album. It, people were wondering about what the title was. So. Love it. I'm going to link all this in the show notes. So the people that are like, oh, I got to get my hands on those enchiladas or the lip gloss or any of the things, all of it will be there. Enchiladas, Jesus, and everything. Yes. Everything. It's all there. It's basically everything I love. Music, all the food, good stuff. family, and Jesus. You know. Yes. I love it. Hope, thank you so much for being here and spending time with us and, man, enlightening us. And I just think, there's going to be so many people walking away from this conversation feeling like they have the tools to say mm-hmm. yes and to say no and to listen and lean in and because of your boldness. So thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel. It's such an honor to be here. And it was just so lovely to get to chat with you today. Right now, I seriously feel like Hope's biggest hype girl, but y'all, she is so amazing. And so is the song Peace Be Still. So if you haven't heard it yet, then I'm about to play you the chorus just so you can get an idea of how awesome this song is. And it might sound familiar to you. So here's a small part of Peace Be Still by Hope Darst, today's guest. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.